Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a really fun episode just a couple weeks ago where Ryan and I came on and talked about the single superstar conundrum in the NBA and talked about if the Kings don't get their shit together, they could be heading down that direction. It was a really fun conversation, a lot of great feedback on that episode. If you're looking for that or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Bring in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, what's good? What's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, so it's been a while, you know, it's, it's been a few weeks. Uh, the reason for that is, uh, you know, it's, it's totally my fault. I had surgery, uh, you know, I had a little bicep and sh- shoulder surgery that I had to take care of. So, uh, you know, I'm just in that rehab mode right now. So, uh, that is the reason for that. Sorry, you know, sorry, everybody who left you guys hanging for a few weeks. The good thing is though, cause I specifically waited for my surgery to be after, you know, during the off season, you know, that way, you know, I'm not missing all the big stuff during the, uh, the during the NBA season. And I wasn't putting a delay on our podcast during the during the uh, NBA season. So happy to be back as always. Uh, beverage of choice tonight is uh, a Bud Light brought to you by uh, Anheuser-Busch. So uh, very happy to be here on this uh, lovely Tuesday night. Hey, we're about four weeks out from the season. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you were on the IR, brought us. You know, brought us down a little bit. I, I was trying to get you a podcast, but your surgery was so bad. You were just high on all of those pharmaceuticals that they've been giving you. It was kind of, yeah, you know, and you weren't really in the mood to do the episodes either, you know? No, I would have been very, um, you know, I'm already a shitty uh, co-host, but I would have been even shittier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, that, that was rough, man. It was, yeah, first time I've ever really been hurt, you know, fortunate enough to be, uh, to make it to 28 before I had any surgeries or anything, but um, things are on the up and up now. I'm moving around. I'm driving. I'm off the pain meds. I uh, start my first day of physical therapy tomorrow. Um, so, you know, hopefully I'm I'm back in the gym and hitting the weights and hooping it up here um, sooner rather than later. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah. the uh, You know, not a bad time, though, to take that little break because it's this has been the slowest that I have seen Kingsland in two years. And and and. You know, last year was interesting because that shutdown happened in March, and then it was a couple of months before any games, any transactions, anything happened. You remember? Mm-hmm. And so uh, there was that weight and angst if it was going to happen, if the season was going to pick up, and then it did, and then it kind of extended. Like last season's off season, as far as talking points, it was really interesting. You know, 
if we look back to last year, Ryan, how things, how much things have changed in the last year, you know, we were doing, uh, the Kings were playing July, August, you know, and then the bubble was into September, I believe last year. Right. And so that really covered really what this dead time right now, which is usually the NBA after this summer league, you know, and uh, then the season just kind of got rolling. And then there was so much, so much fire in the off season last year with Vadi getting canned. The whole thing with Bogdanovich, you know, the, the drama that happened uh, with the botched deal with the Bucks and stuff. And then, you know, minor things, Harry Giles, um, you know, uh, bringing in a new GM, uh, a lot of the, a lot of that stuff, you know, like what was it? So last offseason was really, really interesting, a big transition time in Kingsland. But this year, like I said, it's been the, one of the deadest times that I could remember in a couple of years. And I think it's okay, you know, that because I, I know we're really excited for the season to start because this one's going to be super interesting. Um, you know, I don't really know any big takes out there anybody's been really talking about. I think, if anything, right now that as the season gets a little closer, I that big game hunting we talked about with KC seems to be more like it's not going to happen. That's kind of what we predict, right? It's so hard yeah. to get those trades done. That that big game hunting, big game hunting. I mean, for the that all star player, that trade, um, which there's a little bit maybe we talk about on that. But one one of the stuff I've seen has really been that they uh, the Kings are kind of accepting this roster moving forward, and now it's a lot of talk about what they're going to do. You know, and I don't know if you saw some of the stuff that came out today. You know, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox has taken that 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 next step. You know, as being like the dude. On, on the roster and being acknowledged as being the dude on the roster. And some of the questions is what they're going to do with the four guards. And I thought that's, you know, that's something we've been questioning about. And I think that uh, the four guard thing is probably going to be one of the biggest storylines because it includes Buddy Heald. And Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton, that whole debate, uh, maybe let's 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 cap a little bit on that, right? As it's getting a little closer, if you remember when we had Casey on for our Kingsland episode, you know what we said and how the how those how they're going to play all of these guys. You know how do you so after seeing that in the media and some people's takes, wh- where are you right now? As it's getting a little closer on what the Kings are going to do, the same I was about a month ago when Casey came on. Buddy Hill's a starter. It's, you know, there, there's a possibility that they could go with a three guard starting lineup, you know, Holmes, Barnes, Buddy, Halliburton, Fox. But um, I think regardless, Buddy Hill's in the lineup, you know, um, yeah, I, not much has changed for me. And, you know, um, I, I don't see Buddy Hill getting moved at this point, right? At this point in the season, we might have to wait till the trade deadline. But um, yeah, things have not changed for me. Buddy Hill will be in the starting lineup. And, um, you know, people forget last year, you know, we've said it multiple times on here's Halliburton has played 31.1 minutes per game last year in his rookie season. It's a lot of minutes. Um, you know, Buddy only played 32, 33. So um, I expect more of the same. I, you know, I maybe, maybe Halliburton could get up to, you know, 31, 32 minutes per game. But um, as long as Buddy Hill's on the roster, I see Buddy Hill playing those, playing those minutes and playing in that starting role for sure. It's a tough one for people to swallow. And um, it, is. it is. They don't like to hear that, man. I, a lot of people just don't want to hear it. And it's, it's kind of weird. Well, they don't want to hear it because they they just yeah we we've how many times have we came on here and, and had these conversations or had the debates with people you know yeah and 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 
you know, we can talk about the, the ESPN, the list that dropped today, but the ESPN dropped their, uh, they do a top 100 list every year. And they dropped 51 to hundred today, Buddy Heald was number 51. And that was Bogdanovich was in the sixties, which, you know, whatever. I mean, those lists are all kind of bullshit anyway. But I, I believe I, but, it's, let me, let me interrupt you real quick, but I believe it's uh, what they think the list is going to be the top 100 for the upcoming season. It has nothing to do with last season as much because, you know, you got Kate Cunningham in, in that Jalen green is on that list. Um, so that, that list, you know, just, you know, for everybody, it's, it's what people are predicting for the upcoming year. And it's always like a combination of both and, and all those lists. I always take them with a grain of salt and I call bullshit on most on, on them all the time because they, uh, I think it's always misrepresented. You know, they always elevate guys. They elevate John Morant cause he fucking windmill dunks, but it doesn't mean he's better than, you know, Darren Fox. We hit, you know, things like that. And I can, I like to pick a John Morant anytime I get that chance. Right. But, um, <laughs> You know, it's kind of nice, I guess, to see Buddy Hield get that recognition. A top 50 player in the NBA is pretty significant from outside perspective. And, and the reason is that uh, I think Kingsland people don't value the that elite skill set he has, whereas everybody else in the NBA, they kind of do value that. And I think that the NBA was put a little bit on notice with his value when the Lakers were tied to him. And then the the, the um, pro, uh, essentially agreed upon Hall that was going to come back and return. And so, you know, the, the whole four guard thing is interesting. I think another one, Ryan, that is really, well, let's, I'll, I'll talk about all the, let's talk about all the guards individually, I guess. Right. Um, one of them is, is I look at this and it's like Davion Mitchell was a top 10 pick, right? He's, you know, he's older coming into the league, he's developed coming to the league. And he has a real, he, he's a very interesting player. His skill set's very interesting. Um, you know, Tyrese Halliburton came in last year at 13th ranked or 13th drafted player, right? 12. And 12. Okay. It just is, it's, it's kind of exciting. Like what David Mitchell is going to, I expect him to have some type of impact, but I think it's going to be a little bit different than what people think. Um, I think a lot of people will assume because he's a point guard that he's going to be a point guard from, yeah. What we watched in the summer league and stuff, I don't think that guy can handle the ball at NBA level. So when I look at the whole the whole four guards that we have right now, it's like I I don't know. I I think that it just seems right that that Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton are going to kind of play behind Buddy Hill and Fox. But who's to say that Davion Mitchell couldn't come out and by the end of this year, maybe he could be I don't know. Could he be better? He can go off. I mean, no one expected Tyrese Halliburton last year to go off, and he went off. Do you think that's a possibility? You think it's kind of like eh, you don't know of Davion Mitchell going off? Not going uh, off. Not going off because Tyrese no, Halliburton I, I, didn't, I didn't go off. But I, like, I understand. I understand. I understand. Yes. Uh, you know, clearly defined role, thirty minutes per game. Uh, very unlikely. <clears throat> you know, uh, he's not a great scorer. He's not a great ball handler. Uh, he's six foot one. Um, and you have arguably a top five point guard in the league, uh, in my opinion, um, in front of you. So it's hard, you know, it's hard for you going to get that minutes. And then on top of it, you have a top five, three point shooter in the NBA and, uh, one of the better young all around players, um, in the NBA in front of you, you know, just, just, you know, just based off that, um, I don't see Davion Mitchell getting the 30 minutes like Halliburton did last year. I, I don't see it. And, you know, that you got to remember, too, they brought back Terrence Davis. You know, Terrence Davis is 24 years old. He's only two years older than Davion Mitchell. He's no slouch. 
the guy can get buckets. He's a little bigger. Um, so it's going to be very interesting how, how Luke handles the rotation early on in the season. Um, that's why I think so much people are, you know, are thinking, you know, Buddy Hill's got to go. He's got to move. But, um, you know, I think there is room for everyone just because of, um, you know, Halliburton's ability to, to handle the ball and uh, Davion, Mitchell, Davion Mitchell's defense. I, I think, like you said, um, they are going to be the the primary backup one and two right there. And I, they are going to get run together. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But, you know, we've talked about it before. The combination of lineups that they're going to be able to put out there um, is going to be huge. You know, they have Mo Harkless. They have, you know, this team has the ability to go Rashawn Holmes, um, you know, like, you, all right. You can go Tristan Thompson, Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Fox. That's a bigger lineup. You can go Fox, Halliburton, Buddy, Harrison Barnes, Lynn, if you wanted to go a little bit smaller. And, and, and you know, so the combination of lineups is going to be very interesting. But it's something that we talked about last year. You know, the ability to roll out lineups, you know, night in and night out that can compete with other teams. You know, you're not so stuck. You're not so one-dimensional like last year. The Kings really could only roll out with Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, Bagley when he was healthy, and Rashawn Holmes to start the season because coming off your freaking bench, we had Corey Joseph out there last year. You know, there was no backups. So um, it's going to be interesting, you know, for, for me to sit here and try to predict too much. I, I you know, I can't do that. Um, we, we don't have enough information. But I do think that, um, Davion, you know, Davion Mitchell is not going to get the 30 minutes per game that Hal Burton got last year. That's just not going to happen. The backcourt's too crowded. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good place to be in. If you're a coach, right. You know, you just have all this young talent that's, you know, um, that at your disposal. So we'll see. I, I you know, I'm going to be at like every game this year, le- legitimately, like I, you know, I got season tickets. I'm, I'm going to be there. I honestly, I would say 25 to 30 games this year. You know, so I'm going to see a majority of the games at home. And I'm really excited to see, you know, night in and night out the different types of lineups. Um, I, I wouldn't expect Buddy Heal to start all 80. I think he played 81 games last year, you know, 81 games again. It's going to be I think there's going to be situations where Halliburton might start a game or two here and there. And so um, it's going to be fun, man. I, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's a good time. So the the backcourt thing with so many guards and yeah, you bring up Terrence Davis. Yeah, it, it's it. Last year's situation was hella shitty because going into the year, you essentially had Buddy Fox, uh, and then a, a rookie Tyrese Albert, and then Corey Joseph. So with that, you're like, I don't, I don't even know. That's not depth. You can't count. You can't count on um, two of those guys to really make the impact. This year, you know, you have a little bit more depth. Really, five of them right there who can play. So you're you're gonna expect for that that uh, area of the roster to make an impact. Um, Saw something today, Ryan. I think it was De'Aaron Fox put it out there about how um, maybe uh, they they run with a lot of guards and they compared it to the OKC team a couple mm-hmm. years ago with Chris Paul. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, obviously, this is something about the Kings that I have not been a fan of, and it is this over embrace uh, uh, over uh, embracing um, small ball right where it's playing forwards at center and forward and then you're you're playing a bunch of guards i I don't necessarily favor that all the time i think that in certain matchups and for stretches of the game you can do that you can get away with that but for is that like your go-to sustainable plan for the year i always question it um when you look at a lot of the good teams in the nba everyone's pretty big the lakers are big um the the heat are big the sixers are big 
The Nets Milwaukee. are big. Milwaukee's big. The Jazz are Chicago. big. They're all Chicago's big. Chicago's hella big now too. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, a lot every, of big teams out there. Everyone's pretty big, and and you can get off with that when you're when you when you play small ball. It's when you run with like three forwards, right? It's when you do shit like that. When you run when you run with yeah. a ton of guards, I don't I don't really see a lot of times where that's worked. Um, I think that they can do it. They're going to go out there and score. But I again, I think that if you take that approach with the with the the guards. Um, playing, I mean, I'm not going to play all four of them at the same time, but I sure as shit, they're going to play, think they're going to play three of them at a, at yeah, a time. A lot. And yeah. And, and when you do that, I think that we're going to have this same conversation again about, uh, defense. Um, it's, it's like Rashawn Holmes. Okay. Some of the stuff came out this off season about his, about his grade and him, him being, um, gr- you know, graded as a, as a, top five on ball defender, you know, are those advanced statistics. I don't know about those. Sometimes I feel like they get kind of twisted to, in, in, you know, but whatever. Okay. Let's acknowledge that he's a good on ball defender at the perimeter for his position. Let's acknowledge that. But then we can acknowledge that he lacks the interior defense to like, we've talked about to body uh, bigger players. They don't really have any, I mean, Marvin Bagley, which I want to get into Marvin Bagley later in the episode. But it's not like he's known for bodying people down low. Uh, Harrison Barnes isn't going to do that. Uh, so it's like, where are you, where are you going to get this? Where are you going to get guys well, in those gritty games where you can defend, uh, collapse, you can rebound? Where are you going to, where's that going to come from? Well, you know, well, you know, well, you know, this is, uh, it's like I just talked about, okay, versatility of lineups. There's a reason why Alex Lennon, Tristan Thompson are on the Kings this year. There's a reason why Mo Harkless is there. Okay, so when you look at it, you you legitimately have Mo Harkless, Harrison Barnes, Tristan Thompson, Alex Lynn, Rashawn Holmes, and Marvin Bagley. All are big bodies. You know, Harrison Barnes is six foot eight. You know, like he's a big dude, six ten Marvin Bagley, probably more six eleven, six ten Rashawn Holmes, um, seven foot, legit seven foot uh Alex Lynn and and a six foot ten, six foot eleven uh elite offensive rebounder in Tristan Thompson. So um, it's the versatility of lineups, dude. You look at it, and they're they're ten deep. Sacramento is ten deep with legitimate NBA players. You know, there there's been times in the past, like last year, where we rolled out with the Stockton Kings. You know, when you had Ramsey, Woodard, Kyle Guy on the roster, uh, Metu on the roster. Um, you know, there those are four or five guys that I just named off that are you know Corey Joseph. You know, borderline NBA, even NBA players, like borderline like you know, would make any other roster in the NBA. So um, running out there this year with the big bodies, the veterans, the four, the five guards, if you count, you know, Terrence Davis. And um, I, I think a real key to Sacramento success this year is, is uh, uh, Mo Harkless and Harrison Barnes, you know, having those two um, wing guys right there that, um, you know, should be able to crunch minutes and, and play the three and the four is, is key. So um, I think they have done a better, you know, uh, a better job in that aspect. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, first two lines, man, you gotta be happy about it. You gotta be happy about having legitimate NBA players on your roster. That's, that's a good point about the legitimate NBA, but I, I, you know, I'm not that I'm pessimistic, but I always like to come at it with that, like that other angle, you know, like they're the pros. What's the pros? The pros are they're deep. There's more NBA players. And we do have versatility of lineups, which we've been talking about for two years. The cons, the lineup isn't optimal. And there's, there's still these, like, it's, I still think that the, the deficiencies that came with the Kings last year are still here. You know, realistically, if you ask like what's what I think was like the smartest kind of opening day, 
I look at what they did towards the end of the season, and I think Harkless might play. I mean, he's he's the bigger forward. Holmes, obviously, Barnes, Fox, and then Buddy. But like then, then it's like, does Harkless start? Maybe not. I stuff's coming out about Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley, if he's healthy, is he going to start? I, I don't know. There's still like a lot of questions. But you're right; it's a good problem to have, and that and that there are there are is a lot of depth, and it is going to be up to the coach to figure out how to optimize it because um there's been tons of teams throughout nba history right who have had who have had talent but they weren't you know it doesn't always mean that that translates and sometimes teams have had talent and it does translate and and when i you know talent but out of position is what i'm trying to say i guess right so if you have talent but it's like a collection of guys like random guys you know um and it really comes down to the coaching and if they're utilized correctly and, and guys are playing that role. It's when you, it's when you start relying on certain players to work outside of the skill set is really where I get really where I start, like, I guess, questioning it. And I don't think it, it works out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that goes back to the Buddy Hield situation, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's good that they have other people to handle the ball. You know, it's, it's kind of what they did two years ago with Buddy Hield when he was had to be the primary ball handler, but um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if they ask, it's like if they go out there and they're having Davion Mitchell handle the ball and they're, and then they're which, asking, which they're, they're not going to though. That's the thing is like, it's very obvious that he's not going to, you got to think, you know, you know, Darren Fox going to play 34, 35 minutes a night. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton's going to get his 30 plus a night. Like he did last year. There's no time for Davion Mitchell to be the primary ball handler there. There just isn't, it's not going to happen. So, you know, in, in that aspect, I'm not too worried about it. I think I think you're right. I think you're right about the about the backcourt situation, all the guards. I guess the the true kind of like question mark for me is really what's going to happen with the with the front court wing thing. They didn't really address that, and that's kind of where I'm kind of getting at. Where I'm kind of confused about about they, this offseason is that they didn't really ever well, go get that one extra guy. Well, they need they need a wing. Then that's been Sacramento's thing for years. They need. Um, they need a legitimate another wing player. That's it. Yeah. You know, when you only have Mo Harkless and you have Mo Harkless and, and Harrison Barnes, who, you know, um, you know, if Harrison Barnes, you know, or Mo Harkless, God forbid, one of them goes down, who's going to fill that role? That's, that's kind of what you right there. That's kind of what I was saying. Well, I know it's kind of like elaborating, but that was my point. You have talent, but it's in the backcourt, but it's up to coaching to utilize it correctly because if you're deficient in another area, then you force multiple guards to play and then all of a sudden you're asking terrence davis to play the wing and then all kinds of problems can come from that uh right yeah and that that's kind of my that's kind of my thing and um i don't know i wouldn't say it's entirely rounded but then there's a whole other weird the king's roster this year is constructed i like i'm excited by it for what you said nba talent nba players depth but like they did go and get like alex Lynn and tristan thompson too and that's weird. <laughs> I mean, why, you know, that's well, weird because, well, like, what, how, what does that mean? Last year, they went and got Hassan Whiteside, and we're like, okay, so now the Kings are going to come into this year with, uh, you know, Hassan Whiteside, and, oh, they're, they're, they got a guy who can block shots, who can rebound, right? And then they didn't even play him. So it's like, are, they've shown that kind of track record two years in a row where they go sign Dwayne Dedman, they don't play him. They sign Hassan Whiteside, they don't play him. You know, so it's like, are they, it's, it's hard. I guess my point is it's really hard to get a read on what the hell they're going to do. 
I don't know because they've shown in the past that they're just going to abandon. They're just going to abandon guys that they sign. It makes no sense. You know, they signed Frank Kaminsky last year. They needed depth. They needed guys. They let him go. He ended up playing a ton of games for Phoenix. You know, I don't know. It, a lot of question marks, right? Well, I, I'm kind of on the different end than you. I think that it's kind of obvious. I think they went and stacked up on those big guys where they have lived four legitimate NBA big men um, because they have all the guards. I think you're going to see Alex Lynn and Holmes play together. I think you're going to see Tristan Thompson and Marvin Bagley play together. Um, I think that's how they're, you know, I think there's a real possibility that Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless don't really play the four at all. I think that's a real possibility. Um, that's, you know, for me, it's kind of, you know, it's pretty straightforward. You go stack your front court and, you know, you, you primarily stick Harrison Barnes and, um, Mo Harkless at the three. And like we said, when the three guys, Darren Fox, Buddy Heald and, and Halliburton play together, it's going to be Rashawn Holmes and Tristan Thompson in there with them. You know, so you're going to crash the middle, you know, and you're going to really just going to out-rebound people in the middle and you're going to let your three guards do their thing. So um, I think that's where they're going. I, I think that's, I don't think that's any question about that. I, I don't think it's, you know, it's not vague in any way. It's pretty straightforward. I I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I hope that's what they do. I do. Uh, I, get, I just get worried, dude. I get worried with the Kings because we always say on Kings guests, like, uh, we look at patterns, the patterns of behavior, right? And pr- the, what, what, what the history of has shown us. And it's like logic will tell us they're going to do this, but then they've done like they, they did shit in the past where that's not what they actually did. They, they, they just actually just played guys on the bench. You know what I mean? <laughs> they didn't actually play him. And no, then they know these, these guys, these guys are going to, these guys, these guys are going to have to play this year. They're going to have to. There's no way Tristan Thompson, you know, they made that move to bring Tristan Thompson in here to not play. You know, Tristan Thompson is a legitimate NBA player. He's going to get minutes. Um, you know, Alex Lynn, he's going to get, you know, Alex Lynn's not going to get a lot of minutes, but 15 minutes a night, you know. Um, so I, I really think that's the way Sacramento's going to handle that. They're going to they're going to battle and be tough inside. They've shown that Alex Lynn and Tristan Thompson are known as tough guys, especially Tristan Thompson, man. You got to love you know, you when you talk about guys who do, you know, everybody loves Rashawn Holmes because he's hustle, right? You know, that's like kind of his thing. Oh, he hustles. He, you know, he works hard. He's out there grinding. Tristan Thompson is, you know, just a, a great example of a guy who has just done the dirty things. You know, this guy worked his way into an $85 million contract on a championship team just because he busts his ass and he's the, he's the force inside. Um, you know, Sacramento for years, everybody... We say it all the time, fucking pussies, dude. Fucking soft ass franchise who gets pushed around, who doesn't have that dude who's gonna stand up and bully ball. And I, I think you know that's why Alex Lynn is back, dude. That's why Tristan Thompson's here because we're gonna put Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and Darren Fox on the court together, and we're gonna put Rashawn Holmes and Tristan Thompson out there. And we're gonna say fuck you in the middle. You know, that's just it is. That's exactly what it is. I like that. It's, 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 I, really, it's really cool. It's really cool. I, I really like it. I, I hope that's, I hope this is what they do, but, but you know what? Too many people surrounding Kingsland though, they, they, most people in basketball. Okay. Everyone wants this small ball thing. Everyone has to be a stretch player. Everyone has to do this. And I think there's this lost, like uh belief in, in guys who can bang, you know, and that's something we we've always wanted on here is a lost it's a lost art and it's a lost, it's, it's a not appreciated anymore is, is the ability to bang. 
And, and so that's what confuses me about Kingsland, right? Everyone loves the three ball. They live this pace, they have stretch offense, but they hate Buddy Heald, <laughs> right? Um, and <laughs> right, like, it's hilarious. Thing. But then they complain that the Kings are fucking soft and pussies, right? Yeah. But then they, they, they don't ever criticize their, you know, Rashawn Holmes for never getting double digit rebounds and getting dunked on you know i'm not it's not knocking every any players but it's like it's it's so weird but that that lost belief in the ability to bang and that's kind of where i i when we started off the topic i was kind of throwing at you it's it's um it's i'm just worried because their pattern shows me they want to play super small their pattern shows me that they and the things i come out i'm hearing about playing three guards or four guards that stuff worries me because it's like you're not going to play small ball better than than the than a lot of other teams, I guess. In 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 the in your just even just division, not even the conference, just the division. Um, and, and so sometimes when you're an up and coming team, you got to zig when everyone zags, right? We said that I've said that before. Um, and so I just you know that's what I get excited because like Len Thompson Holmes, formidable guys in the front court but then do i trust that they're actually going to be utilized because the the pattern shows me that they want to go they want to go uh power forward at center two small forwards two guards that's that's what the that's what coaching has showed me that they want to do and no, those, I'm gonna, those guys those guys are gonna have to play this year they have to so so you know but let's throw it out here to everybody else and people can agree or disagree and and i want to i kind of curious what people think ryan is like What's going to happen is if you come into the season and the first 10 games, um, we're not, we're not getting that. Like what, you know, what are you, are you going to, what, what are you, where, where are you going to be at that point? You know? Well, because you know, we've defended I, Luke Walton, but we can't. This is all right. Like now we're getting into some kind of different stuff. You got to look like, look, have you seen the Kings first 10 games of the season, man? <laughs> Like, like, let's be real. Those first ten games, dude. Kings two and eight, one and nine. I was looking at it last night. You I don't mean. I, mean? The, like, I don't mean the record. I mean I what know, they do. I, I re- well, I realize that. I realize you don't mean the record, but you know, winning and losing changes things. You know, losing especially when you're losing. You know, they're gonna try. You know, the Kings. If, if the Kings, realistically, I think they go Utah or Utah, Portland, Golden State to open up the season. Okay. Utah at home, Portland on the road, like on a Friday night. And then I think Golden State on Sunday at home, right? Realistically, you know, Kings 0-3 there. You know, you your best chance is possibly, you know. Um, well, anybody can like win. This, I, I, I say anybody yeah, but can I, win, I but, think, but, but when yeah. it comes when when you, it comes when to betting. At, yeah, well, yes, yes. When you look at the rosters, and I'm and I'm, and I'm I'm a betting man, you know, you're looking at 0-3 for the Kings. 1-2 at best. You know, so talking about the lineup-wise – if they go 0-3, well, yeah, fuck yeah, they're going to change the lineup up. Things are going to – there's going to be, you know, the first two weeks, of this three weeks of the season, if they're not winning, yeah, variety of lineups are going to come into play. Let's see what works. Let's see what isn't working. Um, so that's hard to speak on that, you know, when you say, well, you know, what what happens the first three, five games, they're not doing that. Well, I'm kind of expecting them not even to, to not even know what, you know, coming out the gates to just kind of be a little shell-shocked because uh, looking at that record, it's rough, man. It's rough. You know, I, I and their first like ten games. You know, Dallas and, and New Orleans are the two games that I'm like, okay, we can get that at two and eight. And you know, losing, losing makes uh makes people go crazy. And lineups are going to be changing night in and night out those first two games, especially ten games, especially. But um, you know, what cures anything? Winning. If Kings jump out and fuck, De'Aaron Fox is the man we think, and Buddy Heald goes back, turns the wheel back two years, and 
Halliburton takes that next step, then look where we're at. You know what I mean? Kings are the lineups rolling and things are going well. So, um, you know, I, you know, sitting there asking, what am I going to do after a few games? I, I can't really speak on that. Cause I'm kind of expecting the worst to start the season, to be honest with you. That's, that's some, uh, that's some keeping it real to people out there. Um, it's rough. It's rough, man. I've been looking at the schedule every day, dude, you know, and I'm just sitting there like, fuck man, you know, it's a couple years ago when we missed the playoffs, but like two, what was it? Three games, you know, Kings missed the playoffs by three games. And it was, you know, they started Oh, and five that season, you know, and, and that just shows like what, you know, you get off to Oh, and five or you start two and eight or whatever. And your season's kind of fucked at that point. And then you're scrambling. You're scrambling to try to, to find something that works. You know, you're feeling the pressure, except for, especially for Luke, because people have been calling for his head since the day he walked in here. So if Luke Walton comes out and goes two and eight, okay, he's going to try anything and everything that works. You know, there's going to be a variety different lineups every fucking night, dude. Guys getting minutes, you know, oh, he played 30 minutes tonight. Why is he not even played tonight? It's going to be that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So it's, it's hard to talk on that kind of stuff because, you know, you look at that, you look at that schedule and I'm over here just thinking back to two years ago when they started 0 and five. And I'm like, you know, that I, I think there's more of a realistic uh, possibility of being 0 and five than there is being four and one for sure. Even three and two, I think there's more of a possibility of being 0 and five. The NBA season is long. And as we've done Kings cast over the years, uh, throughout the year, we always kind of preach that. Um, but you're, the thing about the NBA is that it's about uh, streaks, right? So the good teams put together win- winning streaks and and don't have losing streaks, <laughs> right? That's what that's what NBA that's what playoff teams do. Um, and one and of the problem- five game no, there there is no five game losing streaks for those playoff teams. Yeah, and that was the thing last year. Those the Kings had two. Man, it's been a long time. Like it's a couple of months, but remember they had two. I don't even know. People out there be like probably screaming at us. It was like eight game, 10 game losing streaks or something like that yeah. in the season, you know, whatever you, you guys yeah. know those stats, but then they had those big long streaks. That was so weird. And that was really unusual. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that if anything, I would just like to see them not go too hard in the bad direction. I mean, yeah, they're going to probably start off raw, uh, raw but yeah. it gets a little bit better. It's, it's those, it's those tough games in December where, you're it, playing. You remember, remember, like last year. You know, there's those games, those random games against Detroit. You know, they'll go in and like, you know, um, those games against the Hornets, winnable games. Yeah, early listen, in the season against this. the Knicks last year. You know, and and listen and listen to this. This is the thing: is all right. So at Portland, okay, first game of the season, home against Utah, home against Golden State, at Phoenix. Fuck, man. You know, like that's four tough games. That's just for just brutal because it's at Portland. The, the most winnable game out of all those, I think, would be at Port. You know, would be the Portland game, but it's at Portland to start the season. You know, you know that place is going to be rocking opening night for Portland, and then you go, you know, a game that you would think, you know, like all right, New Orleans, but it's at New Orleans. You know, and then you're at Dallas, which we always play great against Dallas, but then it's at Utah, and it's like holy crap, one, two, three, you know seven games right there where it's like shit but then like you were saying you know the nba is long and it's it's a game of, of streaks and in the season of streaks and all that then you come home for new orleans charlotte indiana you know that's going to be the real test right there it's like if you once you get through those first seven games that new orleans charlotte indiana those are three games at home that you need to win so that's you know that's going to be interesting to see i know we're, i know we're kind of getting out of the weeds here and talking about the schedule but you know, that's the stuff right there. And then you go San Antonio, OKC, Detroit, Minnesota, all on the road, but 
all games that you need to beat those teams. Those are going to be four of the worst teams in the NBA, I think. Back to like my original question about what are you going to do if they come out and they do something and it just doesn't, it bombs and they start scrambling. I think that the reason I kind of pose that to you is because if that happens, I think that's somewhat of a cause for concern. I feel like Luke Walton's been here for a couple of years now. They have a roster here. There's some continuity that's been carrying over a couple of years. At this point, there's a couple of key positions that are taken care of. You have you essentially have four positions in your starting lineup that are that are spoken for, right? You should kind of know how to optimally set your your team at this point. So I feel like that whatever they it's going to be telling as far as how they come out in the 10, 10 games to start the season on who what their rotation looks like. Now the rotation, like you said, it can change and it will change and based on matchups but you kind of know who you're going to play, right? And if they come out and then they just throw out the entire off-season's game plan within the first couple of games because they lose 4 or 5 or something, I think that's where I think this I get I'm going to get worried, I guess. And now that, that was my point for for the whole thing. Cuz then it shows like oh fuck, they don't have a plan, they're scam. They're still I I don't think I I want to deal with the oh, they're still trying to see what fits this year. Like, right, at some point, you got to know kind of what you got to know your roster and know what fits. You've had several years to evaluate your roster and to build around the players. I mean, y- you just kind of do. And so um, there, there has to be there's I don't think that can be an excuse. Well, we have a little new players. we got to kind of figure out what yeah. works. We're yeah. still gonna, you kind of got to fucking know. You're, I mean, you, you, yeah. you brought your four is spoken for, and that doesn't include Tyrese Halbert. I'm not including him when I say that, right? So it means that you really have another fifth guy off the bench. You brought in uh, specialists in Len and Thompson and Davion Mitchell as a rookie, Terrence Davis, Mo Harkless. Like you, and you had these guys on your roster. roster. You, you should fucking kind of know. You should kind of know. Right. And that's what I just posed that. And I know we're going to dive deep into that, but uh, I, I like that. I like that conversation right there. And I had a, something I wanted to bring up to you because um, I don't know if you have been on Netflix lately, but they do this. It's kind of like this 30 for 30 esque thing that Netflix has put out untold stories. You saw that. And it, they, they did it on the uh, mouse and the palace. And uh, you know me, my favorite player of all time is Ben Wallace. You know, I was a big fan of those Pistons teams in the early 2000s. Hall of, Hall of, Hall of Famer. Hall of, Hall of Famer, Fame, Ben Wallace. My please. favorite player of all time. I mean, I was I was a big fan of watching those Pistons teams in the early 2000s. Um, so I, I watched that game. I remember watching that game. I, we, we were, we were, it was right before Thanksgiving, I believe, around that time. Anyway, so the reason I bring this up is because that that series that they're doing Netflix talked about this and they brought up a, a player uh, and I thought there might be a little similarity here right? and it's like they talked about Jermaine O'Neal okay um, and Jermaine O'Neal if people forget Jermaine O'Neal was a terror okay but uh, mid 2000s right so like oh three oh four five Jermaine O'Neal was fucking good I mean he you could one of the best players in the NBA people forget about that I mean 100%. he does the Pacers had the best record in the NBA. And that was the year the Kings, the Kings also had the best record in the NBA. That was the year that uh, I believe after uh, Chris Weber got hurt and they had Brad Miller and then they, had, you know, Peja went off that year. It was kind of around that same time. So if you remember that era, you know, the basketball, but anyway, I bring up Jermaine O'Neal because they, t- they, they spent a little bit of time about Jermaine O'Neal's early uh, part in the NBA because he got drafted at a high school and he was super young and he was physically talented, but he just, and it kind of, it kind of, 
I'm not saying that Marvin Bagley is going to be Jermaine O'Neal, but anytime I try to find some uh, history that I can, you know, compare and contrast with, I try to throw it out there. And, and it's like, um, I, I kind of looked at the timeline and, and I, what's Bagley year four right here, Ryan. Oh yeah. Year four, I believe. So I think right already, holy shit. I mean, we, we could pull it up. Holy People shit. are like, dude, yeah, you guys are four. fucking idiots. You know what I mean? But yeah, 2018 draft. So he's, well, it, uh, it's, it, you know, yeah. yeah. So this off, would be year four. This is year, year four. four. I looked it up. Yeah. So he's year four. So year four is about that time where, okay, you've at this point now, you've been in the league a couple of years. Like you can take the next step. And, and Jermaine O'Neal, like if you don't know, played for the Trailblazers, got drafted straight out of high school, was super talented, but there wasn't really a role for him. He got moved and he flourished later. And, and, I just brought it up because it was fun, a young power forward that people didn't believe in, people doubted at his, you know. Um, and it's something we always talk about in 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 that you have to believe uh, if you're going to draft young players high in the draft one year out of high school, you got to fucking invest four or five years before you get the, the return on them. And so, um, I don't know. I saw a post today, Ryan, Mar- Marvin Bagley working out in the Kings jersey. That got me excited. There's been so much, there's been so much hate around Bagley in Kingsland the last year, really. And we did a whole episode on it, and I know I just want to come on here all the time and say I think that the fa- if he goes into the season on the roster, I, I'm excited by it. What do you think? Yeah, 100%. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think there has been too much damage. I think there is no way in hell, even if Marvin Bagley goes off this year, that Marvin Bagley signs an extension with Sacramento. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I think the damage is done and it's kind of, it kind of sucks because, you know, I really believe that Marvin Bagley is going to be a really, really good player in the NBA. I really do. But, um, you know, hopefully he comes out and balls out and, you know, I, I think the only thing that could probably keep Marvin Bagley here is if, you know, like a, honestly, like the Kings become like the five seed in the playoffs and win a series and, you know, maybe Bagley sticks around, but um, I think the damage is done, man. I think that dude is gone. I think the second that he gets a chance to to walk out those doors, he's out. Well, and and I'm that's not even the conversation. I guess it's just more the player and the player development. I, I'm I'm speaking to because yeah. uh, I mean oh, that yeah, was the thing yeah. that was I wanted to bring it up because really it's I be, I I believe that he's going to be a decent player and it's it's going to be later on when he's probably not going to be here. That's why I brought up Jermaine O'Neal. It's where it reminded me of, because Jermaine O'Neal first four years, it was in Portland, right? Yeah. Didn't do anything. He was young. Then he gets moved to Indiana and in year five, and then he takes, starts taking that leap year five, six, seven, and all of a sudden he's, he's where he's at. And so that's where it's like, it sucks. It sucks. Is there's like that, that same uh, comparison timeline, if you will, where I'm like, okay, Mar Bagley's going to come here. He could have a decent year, but he's en- eventually going to be gone. Um, I think. And then, uh, you know, yeah. maybe in, in, in the next couple of years will be, but I don't know. I mean, if he's here, he's going to play. The Kings can't afford not to have that. And I don't know people are, I don't see people really including him. Um, and is an impact player this year. And I think if he's on the roster, even if it is until the all-star break, I still hope that he can be that impact player. One last thing, Ryan. Okay. Some people posted today. We're big boogie fans. Do you see that whole thing on Kingsland by chance? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. So boogie. Fuck yeah, put, dude. Yeah. People play boogie, put like a little Fuck emoji. Yes. <laughs> boogie put a little emoji, him wearing his, uh, his little Kings Jersey says new profile pick. 
question of the day for the listeners, for you, Ryan, would you accept Boogie back in Sacramento? You're goddamn right I would. Yeah. Just you're, for the fun of it. You are goddamn just for the fucking fun of it. You're damn yeah. right, dude. Look, look at look, look Grant's gone. Vladdy's gone. Right? Coach is gone. Fucking why not, dude? Why not? I, I you know, I, I obviously Boogie's pass is prime, but fuck it. <laughs> I, I, all fun. Can, you, can, you, can you imagine being at the game? I'll, I'll be there. If, like, the game where Boogie's fuck, if he comes back, dude, and Boogie gets in the game, holy shit, dude, I'll go crazy. Well, because, you know, you know, one of my favorite memories, and I've, and I've brought this up on here before, one of my favorite memories of all time is when he got quote unquote tossed out of the Portland game when he dropped like 50. And then crazy just comes back running out of the tunnel and end up dropping like 56 and they, they let him back in the game. You know what I mean? And the crowd went nuts at Golden One. It's one of my favorite memories, sports memories of all time was Boogie running back out of the tunnel after he got quote unquote tossed, dude. So hell yeah. Let yeah, him come would, back. Fans are come the, though, dude. Just no, for the story, just, right? The Kings fans the, are done though. Kings fans are like, Kings fans are just, you know, why, why, why? You know, he's bad for the locker room. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let him back. Yeah, well, King, I think Kings fans are dumb are dumb, but they uh but they I, I think that Kings fans, well, they're not dumb because in a basketball sense, I you know, there is some legitimacy to their take. It's not that they're dumb. Um, I think that there'd be a lot of people that'd be like, Well, I, I don't know, I don't think it fits, but I I do think there's a shit ton of fucking people out there who'd be like, Hell yeah. And I guarantee if he came out into the Gold One Center and, and just came out of ups, that place would go nuts, dude. It would just go nuts. Yeah. It, and and so it's just I thought it was a fun topic to come on here and talk about uh, just a little one to touch on. But a uh, a good to be back on, Ryan. I know that we kind of came in and touched on some things uh, well rounded. I think as we look ahead into the next month, we're how far away, Ryan? You count down the days for your first season ticket game. What are we October, looking at? October, October. Well, well, let's be real. October twentieth. Okay, we're twenty nine days out. There's thirty days in September. Okay, October twentieth, Wednesday against Portland. Um. Or sorry, at Portland, that's the first game, and then two days later is the Utah game. So we're thirty-one, whatever you know, thirty-two games out. You know, let's be real, Eric. You're going to opening night. I'm not going to be there. You know, I, I've true. already, I've already, you know, handed over my my opening night ticket to you. I have uh, uh, other obligations that night, sadly, um, but I'll be there Sunday against Golden State. I can't fucking wait, dude, for that game. That game's gonna be litty. You know, yeah, the Liddy, Liddy Committee. Oh, don't oh, get me God. started. The fucking <laughs> Liddy Committee. Yeah, no, no. I love that shit way too but much. No, that game's gonna be sweet. But I'm, I'm, ex- fuck, dude. I'm so excited. It's almost here. We're getting close, man. And that's why I want you know say that. That's some Kings cast math right there on the. On you're trying to tell me how many days are there. I'm just gonna believe you and say about them. We're we're just under a month, right? And as the next couple weeks roll out, we're gonna have a lot of fun episodes for you. We always do our, um, you know, our our predictions. But one thing I like that we do every year to go into the season is the uh big we always throw like the 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 top uh talking points going into the year and our predictions, not predictions mm-hmm. as far as like leading score. We do some of that for fun, but like who's gonna be the most hated player this year? Who's gonna yes. be the most overrated yes. player? You know, yes. things like I, I like that type of yes. stuff. So I'm looking forward to those episodes. I'm looking forward to getting KC back on here um and doing a Kingsland we- special. I, uh, we I do our we do our we do our seeding prediction for the playoffs, which is always just that's my that's my that's my one right there. That's that's the the most favorite thing that 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 we do right there is one through eight playoff seeding. We pick our champion. I think we did last or even did MVP. I'm 
hell yeah, dude. We're almost there. It's it's, yeah. it's getting close. We're, we're almost there. And and then really again, like to stir, we like to stir up the 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 shit and kind of throw some takes out there to piss everybody off. And I really do think our buddy Hill won this year. It's going to be that Hill we're going to die on going into the year, Ryan. We always kind of die on one. So anyway, a lot of a lot of episodes, guys, and and we're glad to be back. Um, with you guys in 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 the next couple weeks so hey guys we appreciate you listening in if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and facebook at kingscast eric and at kingscast ryan and we're very active on our facebook group kingsland so check that out um if you'd like to support the show please slide down after and give us a five-star review it does help us as we grow our podcasts to get out some more kings listeners just like you so um with that uh for ryan this is eric go kings kings This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.